Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Mayfield from his own 30 on second and 10. Turns, gives, Chubb runs. 30, 35, there he goes. 40, 45, 50, there he goes. 40, he's running to the river. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. Is he in the river yet? He's in the river. Is it better to be in the river or living in a van down by the river? <laughs> good one. Very Depends good. on what river it is. Well, it does. You're right. I mean, I would rather not be in any river, no, and I'd rather be in a van living down by the river. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You got upset with me yesterday when I started talking about bodies in the East River, bodies in the Hudson River. I assume that you will be swimming in neither of those bodies of water i uh no i will not definitely not growing up here in the tri-state area east river negative ghost rider hudson river i mean there's been so many stories about things and a lot of different things and bodies and people being dumped into those so i won't be going on any casual swims through there sorry no and it wasn't the cuyahoga river on sunday for nick chubb it was the ohio river because they were in cincinnati uh, uh, or ohio yes yeah Uh, We we had a creek in my neighborhood that was basically a mini river, and it would flood. So I'm not a big fan of rivers or rivers flooding, and uh, that's all the river talk we're going to have during this two-hour edition of Pro Football Talk Live. But 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 like that like definitely one of the all time great uh, Saturday night, Saturday Night Live moments right there though. you can't just can't just brush oh absolutely that over, right one of the all time no, no greats. I'm one not brushing it over favorites. I brought it up living in a van down by the river oh, I love it Chris Farley Matt Foley classic motivational speaker and inevitably <laughs> taking out the coffee table uh yeah so, exactly that's what he yeah. did he did that um, very well <laughs> okay uh by the way yeah I, I'm 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 going to have full transparency with the injury report unlike the nfl i bit my tongue eating an apple yesterday and it's bothering me it's making it difficult to talk i'm conscious of 
the spot on the end of my tongue that I bit while eating an apple. Now, 56 years of eating practice would presumably get the human animal to the point where he or she does not bite his or her tongue while eating an apple. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. Uh, it, it happens. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I tend to like get my cheek every now and then. I don't know how I do that. And I feel like once I do it, I'm going to do it again sometime in the next three or four days. So that's where it's like, then it becomes irritated and it sticks out. Or in your case, it's a little swollen and you're in danger of biting on it again. So I, you know, Hey, way to play injured today, man. You're, you're tough. Yes. Way to go. Way to suck well, it when up. When you speak, when you speak for a living, you it need your kind tongue. Of a deal. Yes, it is kind, kind, kind of an important thing. Yeah. And I also will say this, cause I've been eating a lot of apples. I, I, I get a, annual physical every year my cholesterol was up a little bit so ice cream out apples in the apple slicer the 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 very it's it's the most impressive invention in the history of mankind other than the wheel you you pop the thing down you waste none of the apple because you know when you're chewing on an apple you never know quite when to stop and you always miss some at the top and the bottom because you don't want to have to navigate or you know, have the the stem poke you in the eye or something like that. When, when you when you when you slam that thing down, you get yourself ten perfect pieces of apple. Every once in a while, you got to trim out a little seed. Every once in a while, it's not right. Mother Nature doesn't make a perfect apple all the time. Right. But it's just great. It's great. I love it. I, whoever I want to know who invented the apple slicer because again, you got wheel number one. And distant number two, apple slicer. Wow, I, that's uh, that's a new one for me in, in the top five invention list right there. <laughs> uh, that is, I, have, I haven't heard. Forget that about one. all the forget about all the technological advancements we've had over the years. Forget about anything like more recent or the. I don't even know now. if the I know what an apple slicer looks like. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, I, I don't it know. is the apple slicer is, we have in our house is called a knife, and we just slice it up. No, no, yeah. no. There's a, there's a thing that it's it's got. A little mini handle on each side. Oh, okay. It's, it's round in the middle, yep. and it's got all the pieces, and right. you put the core right in there, and you just and you just pop it yeah, down, and right, you've got right. your your beautiful array of apples. Great. So that's good. You don't have right. one. You don't I don't have one. Don't no, have no, one. No, you know what? For Christmas, I don't really. I'm sure eat, it's cheap. Don't. Well, maybe my my family will use it. I don't. I don't really eat fruit. I really don't. Apples about the only fruit I will mess with. Uh, and I don't do it often. So you do eat apples. I do eat apples. I do. I do. How do you like them apples? Uh, I yeah. do. I do. But like more or less, like if my kids got it, then I might take a bite. It's not like one that I will eat by myself. Like I'm not like, wait, Ooh, wait, yeah. wait, 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 yeah. wait, right. your kid. Well, while your kid's mouth is on the apple, eating the apple, right. say, no, give usually me the apple, let me up. take a bite usually off of your apple. Usually sliced up, right? Okay. okay. I'm just and sure. I don't care if they did eat it the other way, what you're talking about either. Maybe, maybe you know, I'm not afraid of getting my kids germs and eating the same apple. I don't, I don't care about that. I don't know what that is. I guess that's my fatherly instinct there. Well, that's true. I mean, you made them, so yeah. their germs are your germs. Right, Although I think so. once they are in school, they bring home everybody else's germs too. <laughs> yes, All right. They do. Now that we have wasted five minutes that, that neither we nor you will ever get back. Good morning. It's PFT Live. Live on Peacock and Sirius XM 85. Hashtag the Ocho Cinco. We also are on NBCSN for as long as NBS, NBCSN survives. It's going away at the end of the year if you hadn't already heard. So make your plans accordingly to watch PFT Live elsewhere uh, starting on January 1. If you're currently watching on NBCSN, the 9 a.m. 
re-air. Sky Sports, 7 o'clock, prime time, and the podcast, wherever you can get your podcasts. Hello to our friends in the UK and Ireland. They get upset a little bit, just a little bit, if we go up. And not upset mad, just upset like hurt. Like, hey, did you forget about us? We yeah. haven't forgotten about you. Right. We love you, and right. hello, and uh, hello to everybody else, too. Then, then we start getting, well, what about us in Canada? Look, we, we're we on Canada Sky too. Sports. They specifically get special treatment. Yes. Yes, we're giving them special treatment. We admit it. But we love everybody who takes the time to listen to a couple of dumbasses talk about football every day for two hours. If you invest, let's say, more than 30 minutes a day, we don't expect you to watch all two hours. If you do, even better. But but I'll say the cutoff is if you listen to 30 minutes of the stupidity that we routinely spew out into the world, How dare we you love say that you. about me. We love yeah. you. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I'm including myself in it because, as we've demonstrated, you have made me dumber. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I share in your stupidity. <laughs> good, good. That's no. good. I'm waiting right. for your smartness to rub off on me, please. Speaking of stupidity... The National Football League. What a transition. Let it go. The punishment imposed upon the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and Alan Lazard. And I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. I heard last night, going about my business, doing my work, copy paste, snarky, uh, snarky comment, and somebody said, hey, Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard got fined 14650 for attending the Halloween party. It's like, okay, well, that's it? What else? What else? Uh, how many other fines for Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think that's it. I think that's it. Look into it. So I started looking into it, and I reached out to everybody involved, agents, league, team, and it was silence for like 45 minutes. Like, this is weird. Usually somebody gets back to me and says no comment or, or, or answers the question, whatever. It was weird to have collective silence for that long. And then all of a sudden, boom, there was a report from ESPN.com. $300,000 fine for the Green Bay Packers, $14,650 for Rodgers, $14,650 for Lazard, and all they were being punished for was attending the Halloween party. And by the way, it doesn't matter whether or not they were wearing masks. Under the protocol, they're not allowed to go to a gathering of more than three people, more than three teammates, while they're unvaccinated. Positive, not positive. Quarantine, not quarantine. Doesn't matter. Just being there, even if he had a mask on, John Wick, Slippery Pete, Aaron Rodgers, that's a violation. Just being there is a violation. That's how blatant it was. So, Chris, here's what's confusing. And there are teams that are pissed. I would bet. Are they pissed? I would bet. Because here's what Aaron Rodgers did, and the Packers let him do it. Yeah. Blatantly violate twice a week for the press conferences. And nobody else knew. We didn't know. We thought the guy was vaccinated because he said so. And, and no punishment for any of that, just for the Halloween party. It is bizarre, it is confusing, and it is causing people to think that the Packers are getting special treatment. And when you look at the numbers involved, and the league acknowledged, I got a, I got a, a full explanation from the league about where the violations were, et cetera. And they said, of course he should be wearing a mask at these press conferences. Okay, why isn't he being fined for it? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no, no sense. No sense whatsoever. No, none of it does. It does not. I mean, it, it, it's weak. I don't know what else to say. It's weak sauce. I mean, forget the press conferences like we've talked about. It should be on the sidelines. It's been a weekly thing. $14,000 for, you know, these type of egregious errors and basically in-your-face NFL mistakes. I'll do what I want. 
I'm shocked. I'm shocked that the NFL, the NFL, this is like one thing they're usually, I feel like pretty strict on and kind of put the hammer down. Like, no, you don't mess with the shield. You don't mess with our rules, you know? And I, 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 when I first saw these numbers, yeah, I thought that, okay, wait, we're going to see more come out, right? There's going to be more. There's going to be another season fine for, not the Halloween party, correct? But it doesn't sound like it's going that way. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed. I really am. And if I was on another team or another quarterback or uh, a guy that was, you know, unvaccinated and I haven't and I've been wearing my mask and, and doing all the protocols the right way, I don't know. On a day like today, I might go, eh, if I was making a lot of money, I might go, eh, screw the mask. Screw it. I'll take the $14,000 fine. I don't know. It's just it's a bad look. I probably wouldn't do that. I would still follow the rules. Uh, but I am very, very shocked by the weak sauce there that the NFL laid out. And the problem is the way the NFL constructed this. Somebody very smart explained to me the other night that the league should have had a COVID compliance officer with every team because you can't expect the team to chase these guys around, especially the Rogers, guys right. as to whom they are tiptoeing right. on eggshells. Mm -hmm. It's the old Jimmy Johnson explanation. Guy falls asleep in a meeting, he gets cut. Troy Aikman falls asleep in a meeting, he gets a pillow. Sure. There are going to be certain guys on every team that the league is going to look the other way for if they are the ones who are expected to enforce the protocol. Why in the world is the league expected to enforce the protocol? Somebody said to me last week, that's like expecting the league to find the coach who criticizes officiating after a game. What team is going to do that? The league does it. And the league should have been the one that was enforcing these protocols. 100%. And, and, and I think that... They're embarrassed, one, aren't they? Well, it's either favoritism, and I've had people say, boy, I'd love to see the emails between Jeff Pash and Mark Murphy, the CEO of the Packers. Right. And that goes back to last month's Jeff Pash, Bruce Allen, e-pen pal exchange. Yeah. Are, are, are they getting favorable treatment from the league while other teams get hammered for COVID protocol violations? We'll go over some of the ones from last year that were inconsistently enforced because others were violating it too, but only some were selected for punishment. But the idea that the league was asleep at the switch and is covering up its mess because we all knew he wasn't wearing a mask. The league can, the league can say... We don't have the time or the resources to study every camera in 32 NFL facilities to see if any of the unvaccinated players are walking by without a mask on or are in the meeting room without a mask on. We don't have the time, the resources, or the desire to do that. Okay, fine. But when Aaron Rodgers is continuously showing up for press conferences in the building, without a mask on, and you know, nobody else does, but you know he's not vaccinated, how do you do nothing about it? The team did nothing about it for obvious reasons. The league did nothing about it for unknown reasons. And I think, I think one of the reasons why everyone's kind of getting a break here they just want it to go away. No, no they doubt. They don't want any appeals. No doubt. They don't want any hearings. Right. They don't want any big messes. They know they look and stupid I, here. And it would be great if somebody appealed one of these fines because maybe through the appeal process, we we drill down a little bit on what the hell happened. I, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, that's what it does look like right now. Yeah, let's just, you know, make it a soft number. Guy, People like us will talk about it for a little while, and, you know, it'll it'll go away by the end of the week. 
Um, yeah, but it's a bad look for them. It is, of course. It shows favoritism or you know negligence. I I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but yeah, not having you know a a, a, a a I guess a backbone here to you know make a strong stance, make a statement for the rest of the league, the rest of the players, of course, who are following rules. And it looks like yeah, they fell asleep at the wheel a little bit. I mean, there's still cameras in every facility, right? I mean, this is not a hard thing to do either way, but to like, to your point, it's like, this was like a, a slap in the face, like for the last eight weeks of the year, like, ah, screw you. I'll make my own rules. I don't like wearing a mask. Screw you NFL. And that's where I'm surprised. That's where I just can't believe uh, the NFL has come down this week. And Mike, like, here's another question I want to ask you was, I mean, I know we're going to talk about it in a second, but. Last year, of course, the numbers were way bigger and way more aggressive as far as when you broke protocols. Was there a new agreement in place that I don't remember with the NFLPA about the fines this year? I'm just asking you that because I, I, that's the one thing I'm curious about, and I don't remember hearing that or reading that. But there was no new like protocol or agreed-on fine you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, system. No, you're right. I got to, I got an answer for you. You do? Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. There were more protocols to violate last year. Yeah. There were more right. ways you could get in trouble last right. year because last year all the coaches had to wear masks on the sidelines during games. Yeah. I remember how laughable it was, all the noses we saw sticking right. out of masks. Like, okay, do you understand just the basic physics of restricting your breathing? Like, having it just over your mouth is no different than having it just over your nose you've got two different pathways but they, they were aggressive about that because that was a rule and they were selective about it they were selectively aggressive about it when we had that weekend where multiple teams and coaches were fined a hundred thousand dollars for the coaches two hundred fifty thousand for the teams now some of those got waived but i remember it was john gruden sean payton shanahan carroll Kyle Shanahan, right. yeah. but there were others who were doing it. I remember saying, well, these aren't the only ones. Right. No, there was a I lot. don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Why would they just pick out five? And, and people see that inconsistency and they say, what the hell? Why aren't the rules consistently and fairly enforced as to everyone? The Saints ultimately lost a 2022 sixth-round draft pick. They had a maskless locker room celebration. Well, you're allowed to do that this year. Last year, you weren't allowed to do it. It was easier to spot it, but others did things like that too, and you didn't hear that they got fined or lost draft picks, and and it was just this haphazard approach where we're going to periodically whack someone to send a message even if we are not being consistent. So to, to clearly answer your question, there are fewer – penalties yeah, this year because right. there are fewer ways to get yourself into trouble and it only applies to unvaccinated players and what is it like six percent of all players are unvaccinated and i would say most of them are following the protocols because most of them are not the delicate genius around who their team tiptoes and doesn't want to piss off in any way by saying 
hey, Aaron, you better wear your mask. Hey, Aaron, we have to find you. I know you really don't like us right now, and you thought about retiring, and you wanted to be traded, and we kind of told you we were going to trade you, and then we didn't, and you want to leave after the season, and we'd like to hold this relationship, this very fragile, tenuous relationship together as best we can, but here's a fine for 14650 for not wearing a mask yesterday to your press conference. Are you kidding me? They were never going to do that. No, no I, I mean... It just continues the, uh, I don't know, the ongoing NFL stance of it just looks like we're throwing a dart at a dartboard and it just like we're going by the, you know, the seat of our pants with some of these issues lately. Uh, I mean, again, I, I, there was a time where I felt like the NFL was extremely consistent. You know, they were extremely tough. Yes, but it was extremely consistent and you knew what to expect. I don't know what to expect from them anymore. And I guess where I get down to this, and I'm almost like a little surprised maybe the NFLPA has not gotten involved in this because, you know, they are about protection of players, right? And, you know, we see teams get fined or lose draft picks every year in the offseason because an OTA practice was too hard. It was too physical. Uh, they practiced too hard. But then here... We're going to disrespect the deadly virus, deadliest virus all of us have seen in our lifetime, and we're just going to go, well, that's okay. That, that one, fine, no, no problem. That, to me, is where I don't get it. And again, I'm not trying to like be on my high horse or anything there, but just seems inconsistent you know, throughout the NFL with some of these standards as of late. And especially with this one, again, it's, I know, a hot-button topic. It seems like maybe that's why they didn't want to confront Rodgers over this. Maybe they thought it would become a political issue, and that's why they stopped at it. Uh, but I, I am... Nah, don't give them that much credit. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't switch. know. I'm just throwing around. I just can't, can't and, believe and, it. Right. And it wasn't on the radar screen that this was somebody that Jeff Pash and his minions wanted to harass and harangue. If it had been the Patriots or the Saints or maybe the Raiders, they would have gone after them. But they didn't go after the Green Bay Packers, even though they should have. They knew. We all knew he was not masked at these press conferences. So, and and they knew he wasn't vaccinated, and he got punished for none of them. And somebody said, and, "And look, we we, I should have seen this coming when the league took the position that repeat violations in the protocol doesn't mean multiple. It just means you've been disciplined once and you do it again." And somebody said to me last night, "Well, th- think of it this way: if you're shoplifting twice a week, every week for ten weeks, and they finally figure out." and catch you shoplifting on all the times you shoplifted, yes. you don't just get in trouble for, for the, the last time, time exactly. or for one time. Right. You're in trouble for all the time. Yes. I, I think that's the perfect example. That's that's where I don't get it either. I don't. You know, again, everything else in the NFL is like that. I, I mean, uniform violations. You don't show enough green in your sock. You get suspended every week. I mean, not suspended, fined every week. And it continues to go up. Because the league does it. I, the, not the, I know. If the team I know. was expected to do it, it wouldn't happen. Well, I, you're right. It wouldn't. It, it, to me, that, that, like, that part of it, too, is ridiculous. It goes back into the we're the NFL and we're cheap the category. We're, that's where it goes into. Like, the, the, the team is supposed to look at it. Is it the shield or not? I don't understand. So now it's the team. Now it's the shield. And then it's the league. And we're worried about the league and the bigger picture. No, now it's back to the team. It's on you guys. They're all over the place with that messaging. 
And um, the protocol makes it clear the league's got the authority. The league's position is it's for the team to do it. The league's got the authority to implement the fines, and the league should be the one doing it. And they have the resources to have a COVID compliance officer at every team. When you can pay the owner's public pin cushion $64 million a year, you can afford to hire someone for four months or six months or however long the season is, start to finish, to be in the building making sure that – there's full compliance with the COVID protocols. Otherwise, it looks like it's just words on paper and you yeah. really don't give a crap. You're just doing it so it looks like you're doing your part to prevent the potential spread of COVID when you've kind of got to the point where you're numb to it like everyone else. We just don't really care anymore. We just have these protocols because we have to. We're not really going to enforce them. Yeah. That's the that's, that's the impression that the league has created. A hundred percent. Because look at it, Chris. Chris, if he had never tested positive, if he had gone the whole season Without testing positive, he would have violated the, the rules the whole year. He would have violated the protocol fifty times, right? At least, the, Kalen Kaler of the Defector ha- has a photo that somebody from Green Bay sent of Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Randall Cobb, and others at an axe throwing bar on October fifteen. That's the kind of thing that an unvaccinated Rodgers should not be doing. With or without a mask, and obviously there's no mask on Aaron Rodgers while he's there. How many other things are like that? Did they sit down with Aaron Rodgers and say, tell us all the times you went out to gatherings this season of three or more? Did they did they go after him as aggressively as they went after Tom Brady when it was found that Tom Brady's footballs uh, incorrectly was found that Tom Brady's footballs were two pounds under the limit during the AFC Championship game six years ago? Hell no. No. But, and that, But that's because the, the more aggressive you are about Fleshing this out, the more inept you look for not being awake at the switch. Yeah. They were asleep at the right. switch, and they don't want anyone to realize how asleep they were. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. You know, it's it's better to look. You know, I, I guess they don't want to look incompetent, right? So uh, that's why it's a soft fine here. But like Mike, here here's to my point, and I know one's a league thing or whatever, but it just it doesn't seem right. All right, because our our man Pete, you know, he's listening and he he looks some stuff up. Pete Demolitolitis, but C.D. Lamb got fined fifteen thousand dollars this week for not tucking in his jersey. Not tucking in his jersey. I mean, that to me is where it just doesn't make sense. Like uh, that, that they're just they're, there's it's just not a good look. I, I guess that's all I'm trying to no. say. Again, gonna break the rules every week. Do what I want twice a week. I mean, at least twice a week, really. I mean, we're we're being kind by saying twice a week. And again, I'm there's not, two a week that we know about. Yeah, know about exactly right. And then, like, I'm not trying to sit here and be goody two shoes or anything like that. But again, I, what I'm trying to do is say it's not fair. That's that's all it is when it comes down to it. There's so many people within the league, players, coaches, everything. They follow rules to a T out of respect for the league, and that's where it's just um, it's unfortunate. And I, I really I think by going weak here. They're gonna. I think they're gonna. There's gonna be unintended consequences because I think you're gonna see players maybe speak out or people speak out and go, "Well, he only got this, so why should I get any more?" And I, you might see this brought up as an example as we go on through the season when somebody does get you know harshly fined for something stupid. If it happens, if it happens, as it relates to the COVID yeah. protocols, for the other violations, maybe you'll have. Some people point that out or maybe some, hey, Wednesday's a big press conference day. Maybe there'll be some coaches and quarterbacks asked for their thoughts on it and maybe they'll stay away from it. I don't know. I know I heard from a lot of pissed off people last night 
Now, they, they obviously aren't going to attach their name to it because they don't want the unblinking red eye of the league office to focus on them. But there are people who are upset, and they've used some strong language, the kind of language Chris uses you know, all the time. All the time. For any and all, yeah, any right. and all reasons. Yeah. One more thing about the fine imposed on the Packers. Let's yeah. make sure we put this in context. That $300,000, first of all, it's a drop in the bucket I mean, for a billion-dollar company. But, but even more importantly, this isn't coming out of anybody's pocket. No. This is coming off the balance sheet of a publicly owned corporation. Big freaking deal. Yes. Oh, well, well $300,000. Well, where are we going to find that? Well, we just move some money around. It's part of the budget. Nobody's Nobody in Green Bay in the Packers organization is going to lose a penny over this because if the board of directors is upset with Mark Murphy, all Mark Murphy has to say is, hey, folks, look, we're, we're tiptoeing around a delicate genius here. Did you really expect us to find him every chance we get? We deliberately didn't find him. We found a loophole here. And, oh, well, it cost us $300,000 to keep the peace with our quarterback. That's money well spent. Yeah. I, I mean, you're right. I mean, again, the, some of these fines that are, are, you know, put on teams is they're kind of ridiculous. $300,000 for these owners, these organizations, whatever. That's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It means nothing. Nobody will blink an eye. Uh, and it's the same thing for, you know, $14,000 for a guy that's making 36 or $37 million a year. It's nothing. I mean, he, I mean, it's just, it's so, it's, it's not going to teach him any lesson. Well, uh, well, the only hey, lesson he might be learning is from the, public backlash here right now. If they'd hit him with every possible fine, it would have been nothing either. And I think what hurt Aaron Rodgers far more than any fine is the backlash that he absorbed yeah, right. almost around the clock from Friday until Tuesday. And speaking of that, he was back on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Let's hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers, who expressed what what seemed like contrition for what he had said on Friday. Here he is. And I do realize that I am a role model to a lot of people. And so I just want to start off this show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. And, uh, you know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. And I'm excited about feeling better. I'm excited about moving forward and hopefully getting back with my team and getting back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. Definitely was tested, you know, by some of the comments that I, that I heard, and so I'm human. I mean, you know, stuff can, can definitely hurt your feelings. But, uh, look, I shared an opinion that is polarizing. I get it. And I misled some people about my status, which I take full responsibility of, those comments. But in the end, I have to stay true to who I am, and what I'm about. And I stand behind the things that I said. And I, you know, have a ton of empathy for people who have been going through the worst part of this pandemic, which has affected all of us in different ways. But so many people, um, you know, like I said, with lives that were lost, lives that were forever changed. Um, and I have a ton of compassion and empathy for those people. Okay. Uh I think Aaron Rodgers hired himself a pretty good PR firm between Friday and Tuesday, frankly. Now that I've had time to listen to all of it, I listened to a lot of it live. I listened to all of it last night. He hired somebody to tell him what to say, to tell him how to, you know, because he went into that mess without assistance because he's the smartest guy in the room. On Friday, 
he just did what he thought he should do and say what he thought he should say to make this all go away. And he was pissed off that he was being criticized for being positive and lying about his status. I think he, I think he dropped a lot more than 14650 on a PR specialist to tell him what he needed to say. And if you look closely at what he said, you know, he kind of apologizes, but he doesn't. Yeah. He kind of takes responsibility, but he doesn't. He ultimately says, I stand by what I said. So what are you really apologizing for? I apologize for anyone who disagrees with what I said because I stand by it. Yeah, well, I mean, again, what what, what part of it, I guess, is like, you know, again, I stand by it. Well, that's what you should have done from the start. Like, stand by it. Like, again, you're smart. It's okay. Yeah, there's going to be some people that would have judged you, but like, you know, there, there's a lot of people that understand the logic of people not wanting to be unvaccinated. There is. So I don't know why he didn't stand by it from the beginning. And then, you know, I, I he, he said some good things on the Friday press conference, but he also said like two or three, maybe four things. I got to remember and go back and like, look at it again, that, that were just categorically false, not true, scientifically not true. So you stand by those two. That's where that's where, you know, I guess it's a little confusing. And yeah, I would think, Mike, to your point, somebody helped him out. You know, I mean, a lot of these, whoever his agent is, uh, I'm sure they have somebody along these lines or somebody they can call up to kind of help think his out. Fiance, I think his fiance got involved in this one. Well, I maybe. I think Hollywood got involved. I think, I think I, Hollywood crisis, people, man. I'm let me, let me yeah, say it. Sorry. I think it's, I yeah. th when, when that report showed up in People magazine yeah, on Monday was, night, yeah. He's being injected into a different stratosphere now of stardom. And I think he got himself a Hollywood crisis management expert, not just whoever his football agent happened to know from, you know, the, the last time some guy got in trouble and uh, and was sued or arrested or whatever. I think this was high level, big time. I got a lot of poop on my shoe, and I need somebody who is very skilled at helping me scrape all of it off. That's what I think happened. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, I mean, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, you're right. The The thing I thought about was the People magazine. When I saw that there, that's where I went, whoa, this has gone to a different level as well. And yeah, you know, maybe his Hollywood fiance uh, certainly got involved, or maybe they called some people there. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's trying to... He's trying to, you know, limit the damage of his reputation a little bit. It's taking a hit for sure. You know, and again, I think I think the funniest thing to me, I feel like when I look on social media, when I look on your articles in Pro Football Talk, I think the thing that jumps out to me more than anything is how many negative responses there are from Green Bay people, Green Bay fans. I think that's the thing that jumps out to me more than anything. Uh, I, I, I get the sense that like reading that stuff and just looking through it and, you know, I like to scroll comments and how many times do you see, I'm a green Bay fan, but I'm sick of him. I'm a green Bay fan. It's always something. I'm a green Bay fan. He's a diva. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, that's where, uh, I'm a, I'm a little surprised by the backlash. Well, I feel like it's pretty strong yeah. there too. Yeah. But, but he really has benefited from a political element that supports him and that is going full bore on the what about, what about, what about, what about nonsense. What about Henry Ruggs? There was a graphic on Fox News yesterday. What about Henry Ruggs? What about Deshaun Watson? What about Tyreek Hill? Like, folks, do you understand how the news works? The most popular members, the most high-profile members of a given sport 
attract a lot of attention for anything and everything that they do. Henry Reggs hadn't done anything as an NFL player. He was not a star player. And his story, what happened last week, it was horrible, it was awful, but the story itself subsides fairly quickly because there are no developments. If he goes on Pat McAfee's show for 45 minutes and defends himself and says a lot of controversial things, we're going to be talking about what Henry Ruggs had to say. Aaron Rodgers is in a story that continues to generate more developments. And he's the reigning MVP, and the story continues to have legs. That's why people are talking about it. It's it's not, you know, and we do have the capacity to be equally troubled by multiple things. But there's no Deshaun Watson developments now. There's no Henry Ruggs developments currently. And the Tyreek Hill stuff is from years ago, and we said our piece at the time. Yes. With I Aaron Rodgers, there's developments. What? There's news. Right. There's events. That's why people are talking about it so much. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't even – yes, I, I don't understand that. That's that's It is the new thing. What about – what about I want to change the subject and I'm going to give you something else so I don't have to talk too seriously about this subject. So I'm going to change it and say just what about because it doesn't seem – it's not apples to apples. Screw off with what about. Like screw off. It's not apples to apples. But it, but it, is, a, but it is a way to change the subject. It's and to, It doesn't just change the subject. It lessens the behavior that you want to defend. If you can't defend it, completely yeah. you invoke someone else who that, did something as bad or worse and hell yes what henry ruggs did was a million times worse 10 million times worse a hundred million times worse than what aaron Rodgers did but again he's henry ruggs he was a first round draft pick but he hadn't done squat relatively speaking with the raiders this is the reigning mvp and he injected himself into the controversy he appeared for 45 minutes last week with pat McAfee. he appeared again there, there are investigations. There are fines now. There, you know, there, there are all sorts of angles and developments. That's, you know, people say, why'd you? Oh, there's another tweet about Aaron Rodgers. Well, there's another development. What am I supposed to do? Ignore it? That's how it works. We news happens. We discuss it, and then we wait for the next news to happen. And it happens, and we discuss it. And when there are developments with Henry Ruggs, we'll discuss them. There have been developments. It seems like. You know, five times a day with Aaron Rodgers for the last week. So that that stuff's just irritating. Let's 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 focus on more of yesterday's developments. More from Aaron Rodgers. Here he is on uh, Dr. Joe Rogan, as Pat McAfee termed him, and, and also whether or not Aaron Rodgers was paying attention to all the things people were saying about him. People that know me know this is true. I'm not spending time reading things that are out there. I know that there's a lot of stuff out there. I know there's been a lot of comments said. Um, I I understand that th- this. Uh, issue in general is very charging to a lot of people because we're talking about public health and I totally respect that. Um, I made a decision that was in the best interest based on consulting with my doctors and I understand that that not everybody's going to understand that necessarily but I respect everybody's opinion. Uh, Go ahead, you got a question? Yeah, the doctors that you consulted with, Dr. Joe Rogan and which other doctors? Look, I I have a lot I have a lot of admiration for, for Joe. I, I definitely talked with about uh, a dozen friends of mine who dealt with COVID, and they all were very helpful in different ways, Joe being one of them. Uh, but, uh, but again, that's, that's the society we're in. Again, I have no judgment. This is, you know, hate is not going to uh, bring us out of this uh, pandemic. It's going to be connecting and, and, and love. and. 
I'm not going to hate on anybody that uh, has said said things about me. Um, I, you know, I believe everybody is entitled to their opinion. Um, he's not going to hate on anybody who said things about him. Do you believe that? Do you believe he doesn't read the comments? Do you believe anything no, he just not said? Not really. And there. by the way. And McAfee, you know, people are like, oh, McAfee really stuck it to him by saying Dr. Joe Rogan. It was a joke. He was making light of it. They laughed about it. He wasn't being confrontational with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but he asked him, what doctors you talk to? I've talked to 12 friends of mine, uh, Joe being one of them. He never he never identified any doctors he's spoken to. So, I well, he I, again, first off, I mean, somebody he, earned their money. Somebody earned their money telling him what to say. Yesterday. Well, well, I mean, listen, he he already said that he was tested by seven of the comments, so he's he has seen it. Uh, that 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 would be the first challenge like I would throw there. Um, and you know, I I know. Listen, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy by any stretch of the imagination, but you can't necessarily say you respect the pandemic and the public health and all that when you've kind of egregiously just crapped on it on a daily basis you, you can't say that like yeah I, okay you know you got your beliefs that's okay I understand that I certainly have people in my life that you know are not at, are, are not uh, vaccinated and have their beliefs as well I get that I do um, but I don't see them like egregiously breaking rules either like if there says something about wearing a mask going into a store they wear the mask they don't just go no I don't believe that screw your rule I'll do what I want and that's what we have here. And listen, it hurts me. You know I love Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers not only because I think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play, but I've always loved the fact that he's been so honest about everything and owns everything. He really is great. To me, he's one of the best interviews there are in all the sports. After a game with Michelle Tafoya, some of the things he says there, you know, in the press conferences, what he did earlier this summer to open up all the questions about everything when he came back amazing that's why I love him I think that's why I'm hurt it's like that's where I'm a little hurt with that it's like it's like almost you know I don't even mean to go there it's like Brady would deflate gate I know there's some things there but I just I was hurt by that I want to go why did you take air out of the football you didn't need to do that you're Tom Brady you're awesome and that's kind of how I feel with this one it's just like you're you're Aaron Rodgers own it you're smart you'll be able to give people some good arguments and discussion here and uh i guess that's where you know it, it hurts me as as him being one of my idols well does it affect your ability and your willingness to accept what he says at face value going forward on any subject where there would be possibly a reason for him to be less than a that? little bit no doubt about it yeah I, I don't know how you you can't you know when you make that type of comment or do you know some of the things he's done all, all, all this past week yeah it's certainly going to always be in the back of my brain now from from here on out. And I think that's what kind of stinks. It could be. It could be. And I'm going to have to go back and study the interviews. Yeah. It could be that fake country accent Aaron Rodgers is the guy who's actually telling the truth. And when he's not using fake country accent that just comes up out of nowhere <laughs> unannounced, that's when he's not telling the truth. That could be the ultimate human lie detector test for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Fake country accent, truth. Normal speaking voice, lying. Because it was normal speaking voice last Friday. All right, uh, uh, in some seriousness, here's Aaron Rodgers on the important question of whether we will see him on the field on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility, but uh, a small possibility. 
Was that because of you health-wise, body-wise, or preparation-wise? I just didn't believe that there's a, you know, a health hurdle that I have to, you know, as far as like uh, movement and sweating and getting into it, making sure that my body is, uh, you know, especially heart is, is uh, you know, is fine with the physical exertion. Yeah, look, so it's not a 100% certainty that he's going to play. And Chandler Jones missed a game with COVID, missed the second game because of the effects right. of COVID, right. lost 15 pounds. So, you know, he's got to be able to show that that he can go out and perform. We assume that mentally he'll be able to go out and diagnose a defense, a depleted Seattle defense, and, you know, do the things that he does, throwing off his back foot, flick of the wrist, whatnot, but you're still out there playing football, you're exerting yourself, and they need to be certain that his body can can properly handle it. And remember, earlier this week, Matt LaFleur, the coach of the team, suggested that yeah. we may see both quarterbacks mm. on Sunday. That, that may have been you know, messing with the Seahawks a little bit, or you know, maybe we will. Maybe he starts. Maybe he, he doesn't play the entire game, and maybe we do see some Jordan Love. We'll just have to watch him find out. Yeah, we will. I mean, again, yeah. it's Hey, if Jordan Love's playing, Seattle's got a chance to win the football game. I mean, 100%. I mean, again, from what I saw last week, watching film with the Chiefs game, the way Jordan Love played, yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly dicey. Uh, you know, there is certainly a much, much better team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. They don't lose 13 to seven in Kansas city. If he's playing quarterback, as we discussed yesterday. And the other thing I, I just, you know, I can't help but to think about a little bit is like, I, I mean, again, it's kind of like biting, biting your you know no, nose to spite your face or whatever they say there. But like, would he, you know, again, the team is he's not happy with the organization. Maybe he's not going to rush back. Maybe he's going to be like, ah, I'll take my time. I don't know. That's just kind of what I thought of when he when he was talking there. What do you want to say? <laughs> well, well, I'm trying to figure out how you would actually go about biting your own nose. Yes, I didn't mean to say bite. That's it's right. It's cutting off your cutting nose off to your spite nose. your right. face. <laughs> yes, exactly. Biting your own nose. Man, be a tough um, one. You got to have to yeah. pretty special mouth to do that. Yes. How would somebody drop me onto my own head? It reminds me of one of the great moments from Bad Santa, but you can't <laughs> bite off your own nose. Someone else could bite off your nose. Maybe that's what you were thinking. But it's cut off your nose to spite your face. Okay, uh, let's let's take a break. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of a good segue, but I'm not even going to try. Uh, Odo Beckham Jr. is a free agent. We'll discuss what happens next for OBJ when PFT Live returns. Did he bite off his nose to spite his face? Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced. And I live in a van down by the river. Season 18, episode 19 of SNL, oh, available so on good. Peacock. Wait until this show is over before watching it, but all of the classic and latest episodes of SNL available on Peacock. I'll watch it on Sunday morning while working out. I squeeze in my workout before it's time for our, our meeting. I just get away from everything, get a good sweat in, burn off in advance some of the calories I'll be ingesting throughout the course of the day while watching football. But if there was a new SNL, and it's great, on Peacock, if you have the plan with no ads, it, you watch the whole show in an hour. No commercials. It's great. It's awesome. So uh, anyway, or you can watch the old ones if you want to, including Chris Farley as Matt Foley, motivational speaker living in a van down by the river. Okay, Odell Beckham Jr., no longer down by the river in Cleveland, looking for a new home, which may or may not contain a river or some other body of water he's cleared waivers he's a free agent and that happened yesterday at four o'clock eastern chris i'm a little surprised i was talking to somebody about this last night i'm a little surprised there wasn't a land rush for obj we've known now for a week that this was coming we knew as of friday he was going to be waived as of monday he was officially waived and i know we had to wait for him to clear waivers but come on who really complies with the tampering rules surely interested teams had reached out to his agents surely there had been some discussions about hypothetical contracts that hypothetically would be available to hypothetical football players who were hypothetically going to be placed on waivers sure the fact that somebody didn't chase him down and sign him at 401 p.m eastern yesterday it's a little bit odd yeah, I, I I hear you. I do. I mean, but but I don't think it's that odd when you really kind of consider everything that's around Odell Beckham Jr. He doesn't have the greatest reputation. I don't, you know, I again, I think the money plays into the the the, the situation as well. And within that, okay, reputation, money, and you're not going to claim a guy who already has a reputation for, you know, if he's not happy, he's going to get his way out of town. And like think, oh, well, he'll be happy here and, you know, we're not that good, but hopefully he'll like it here. You know, I think that's why he goes unclaimed more than anything. You know, he had some power in this situation. And I'm sure maybe if there was a team that was thinking about claiming or whatever, to your point with the tampering and people talking, I, I bet you the agent was like, I, I, you shouldn't claim him. He's not going to be happy there. That, that's not going to be a good thing. So I'm sure they let out some warning signs here as well to kind of let it be known to where his viewpoint or at least mentality is uh, going into this whole process. Well, and, and again, we've got two different issues here. We've got potentially claiming on waivers. Yeah. And we've got lining up the potential free agent contract if he's not claimed on waivers. And let's be realistic about it. Those conversations happen all the time. It's unenforceable. They're, you know, unless somebody does something ridiculously stupid and flat out admits it publicly, they're not going to get punished for it. 
I'm just surprised that there wasn't something lined up for the moment he cleared waivers or, you know, an hour or two after that. All we've heard since he became a free agent was the Patriots have been in touch with Odo Beckham Jr.'s camp, which could be the kiss of death because you know how the Patriots are. If word gets out, yeah, we're out. Right. Now, unless the Patriots leaked it as a trial balloon to see how people would react, which they ordinarily don't care about. If this is coming directly or indirectly from the Odell Beckham Jr. camp, that's his litmus test, and he failed it. He failed his first test. Keep your mouth shut about our business. So the mere fact that that's out there, depending upon who it came from, if it, again, if it came from the Patriots, no big deal. If it came from Beckham's camp, that could be the thing that gets the Patriots to run the other way. But that's all we've seen yeah, since yesterday at 4 o'clock Eastern. And, uh, I, you know, is it fair? Is it fair for Beckham? I think it is. I'm curious about your opinion. Is it fair for him to want to know, how will you use me? What will my role be? Uh, how often will I get the football? You know, the things that were problems in Cleveland – do you want to know? Is it fair to know? Are, are you being presumptuous? Are you, are you, not, are you not staying in your lane that, that your job actually, your do your job if he becomes a patriot? If you ask Bill Belichick, how am I going to be used? How am I going to be incorporated? How often am I going to see the football? Because I believe if I have the football in my hands more often, I'm going to help you win games. Yeah, I, no, I think it's fair to ask like questions like that. I do, and I would think that's like at the forefront of his brain here. You know, again, the way it ended with the Giants – the way it went with Cleveland, uh, I'm sure that's you know he's that's why he's going to be careful about where he goes here. He's got to set himself up a little bit here to to have some success and kind of jumpstart his career going back in the right way. Now, I mean, is he going to make demands within those conversations? No, but I would think that he'd want to hear kind of, hey, what's your plan? How are you going to use me? Honestly, I would think for the teams that want him, he's not even going to have to say those things. They're going to use that as like their you know, selling points right off the bat to do that. I will say this, though, off of those and, like, everything you've said so far, you know, I'm surprised we haven't heard more rumors about teams. I am. I am. And I, and I think that goes back to a little bit of the reputation that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. has with, with and around the league. You know, some people think he is a total, you know, piece of crap. Other people like him and – think, hey, man, I'd love to get him here. He's got so much talent. Um, but I am surprised we haven't heard a little bit more rumors, you know, from the powers that be around the NFL and who follow this stuff of, like, maybe more teams clamoring him uh, or clamoring for him, I should say. That, 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 that has been surprising to me that we got to, you know, the weekend. It was the Saints. You know, yesterday I thought for sure we'd hear – you know, more and more. And I know the Seahawks were somewhat in the conversation as well, but I thought yesterday we'd come out and like, you know, waivers, clears waivers. And then we go through a, 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 you know, an hour and a half later where we hear like Odell Beckham Jr. has narrowed it down to these four teams. That's really how I envisioned it kind of happening. And the fact that it's kind of crickets, I don't know, I guess is um, a little concerning to me if I'm an Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp or if I'm a fan of his. Well, Chris, the Seahawks are clearly in it because the, yeah. of the way Pete Carroll handled it right. on Monday. And right. I had already heard that the Seahawks are a team to watch, and his preference was the Seahawks. And people were like, well, why would it be sad? We talked about this yesterday. Yeah. You got Russell Wilson, and maybe Pete Carroll's had some sort of epiphany where they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place now that he has Russell back after getting a glimpse of what life would be like without Russell Wilson as his starting quarterback. The Saints 
have to be considered as a team that's in it because they talked to the Browns about trading for the guy. They don't have Michael Thomas. Now, is he going to be happy with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill throwing him the football? I don't know, but at least they'll be throwing him the football. That's right. They will. And and I can't help but wonder whether he wants a relationship where he can be the dominant figure. It's a young quarterback. It's a quarterback who who won't be headstrong like Baker Mayfield. It's a quarterback who will stare down Odell Beckham Jr. and throw him the football. I, I, I don't know if that's you know directly or indirectly or subtly or maybe even subconsciously what he's looking for, but um, it, it's it's surprising, as you said, that we don't know who the finalists are. It's surprising that. We don't have a pretty good idea of where he's going to land, of of where he's even going to visit. If and and if he's vaccinated, he can visit anywhere. It's yeah. not like last year. So uh, I I just am surprised it's not moving more quickly. Let me ask you about the Patriots. Yeah, because I think he's going to have issues if he goes to New England because he's going to have to check his individuality at the door, and he's done a good job of suppressing who he is the past few years in Cleveland. Right, but um. I just, I wonder if he really understands what it means to be part of the Patriot way yeah, right. and whether he will, he will assimilate into the Patriot way the way that others have or whether it'll go like Chad Ochocinco, who I think struggled in New England in large part because when you prevent him from being who he is, 100%. he can't perform the way that he is accustomed to performing. Uh, agreed. I mean, I was there a little bit to witness that. And, uh, you know, I think it was the environment was in his head. He couldn't be who he wanted to be, let alone, you know, we've talked about before, the offense is fairly complex and there was a lot of rules. So it was like a double whammy of like, you know, you know, locking up the physical ability mentally and physically there a little bit. No, I mean, it could go either way. You know, again, that's that's the thing that I find interesting about New England you know, hey, did we really did we know if Randy Moss was going to work there? Well, it did, and Randy Moss, I could tell you, he's told me many a times. This was his favorite time in football. He loved playing in New England. He loved how they like you know were all in all the time, and that's how Randy was. Odell, I think, is like that to a degree. You know, he's got to be careful about how he acts at his next stop, or he's going to find himself on the way out of the league a little bit. He's got to be careful about that. And sometimes people thrive under that. You know. It's it's so strict. Here's football, football, football that it kind of like can almost take the pressure off of you to be like, okay, I'm just part of the machine here. Let's just enjoy the ride. You know, like hey, they got a guy on their team right now, right? And Trent Brown, Trent Brown, you know, his 49ers. Oh, get him out of here. We don't want him. The Raiders. Oh, get him out of here. We don't want him. And he tells you, like, man, I'm so happy to be back in New England. There's something about the structure and the way they do things that just makes me feel comfortable. So, uh, you know, again, I think at base level, I look at it and I go, ooh, yeah, I don't know if it'll work either, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did, you know, and I know it didn't go great with the New York Giants, but the New York Giants are one of the older, traditional, you know, semi-more strict teams than maybe some of the other ones around the NFL, and he has had a little taste of that. Um, So uh, I, I do think, you know, he has the possibility of making it work there in New England. He was constantly, though, an issue in New York. Not yeah. every week, yeah. but there were many incidents the end, and it was issues. A lot. Right. 
and and uh, it just got to the point where he resented what they were trying to do, and they got sick of dealing with him. They signed a big contract six months later. They trade him. Uh, there's no middle ground in New England. It's either going to work like it did for Moss, right. or it's not going to work like it didn't work for Chad Ochocinco. There's not going to be a, yeah, it's kind of working. Yeah, it's kind of okay. Yeah, we kind of have an understanding. He's either going to take to the Patriot way, or he's going to hate the Patriot way if he ends up in New England. But we'll we'll see how it all plays I, out. And uh, I just, I, I think with each passing hour that a favorite doesn't emerge, that a list doesn't emerge, that some clarity doesn't emerge, it, it just makes you wonder what in the world is going on because we've known for a week now he was going to be available. Yeah, no, I know. It does, it does make you wonder. You know, I'm sure he's being pretty picky and choosy about it. You know, again, it was the Seattle conversation. And, I mean, and listen, if I was advising him, I'd go, don't go to Seattle. Don't go there, you know, and maybe he's realized that to a degree. Where would you tell him to go? I, well, like, okay, I wanted to bounce off, like, something you said. Like, to me, he needs to go to somewhere where the quarterback is established and the guy and will not feel the pressure of, like, oh, I got to get the Odell the ball, and I'll know when to, okay, it's even, I'll throw it to Odell because now I'm going to try to get him the ball, but I don't feel pressure to do it. That's why, like, the Bradys and the Rodgers and those guys, I think, could handle him and it would be fine. I would tell him to go to Green Bay, you know, or, or I'd like to tell Green Bay, like, why don't you make a play for Odell Beckham Jr.? Again, Green Bay, really good team. I know that. But they're not going to get to the Super Bowl hoping Rondell Moore drops a punt or drops a screen pass and gives us a 12-play drive for a touchdown. Like, they need to have some guys that make some plays. And to me, it's like they're like we've talked about before. They're such a execution. We're going to play this game and wait for you to mess up. And we'll score another point, you know, another touchdown there when you mess up. And now you're kind of behind the eight ball and behind us and we got control of the game. It's not going to work in the playoffs. You know, you know, schemes and execution are great. But at the end of the day, in the playoffs, the Jimmys and the Joes got to make some plays. They, they in a lot of ways, out-executed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. I mean, Brady almost had an epic meltdown. Didn't matter. You know why? Because they had way more players on their team than Green Bay. And Green Bay, if they don't play it just about perfect, they can't win those type of games. So I would say Green Bay would be one I'd look at. And then the other one that I don't understand and I think, like, you know, is Buffalo. Buffalo, you got, they got nothing. They got nothing. It's Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, and that is it. There's nothing else. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl with that combination. They're not. You know, the offense has not been as good as what people think. You know, I challenge people to go back and watch some of the games where they scored 35 and 42 points. Watch the Houston Texans game when they won 40 to nothing. It wasn't a great offensive showing. It was like three to nothing and ten to nothing almost midway through the second quarter. Davis Mills kept throwing interceptions. They kept getting short fields and easy touchdowns. It wasn't because the offense was like the greatest show on turf or the 2018, you know, Kansas City Chiefs. It wasn't that. You know, same thing though. They had the Washington game, the Dolphins game. It, they have issues. So that would be another one I would look at there. And I know people go, well, they got Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders is in year 12 and he's on his third team in three years. There's a reason for that. Cole Beasley is a nice third or fourth receiver. That's it. They need something else, too. So those are two. Sorry, I got passionate about it there, but uh, that's where I'd like to see him end up. Well, I, yeah, and look, it depends on who wants him, where he wants to go. And, Chris, there was 
a report just before the show that the Buccaneers signed Rashad Perriman to the practice squad, which is an indication that Antonio Brown's ankle is messed up. I mean, it sounds like they, it. They, they felt like they needed another body, right? And and I joked last week, yeah. half-jokingly, right. Tommy, Odell, put him on the practice squad, let him show what he can do, and maybe get called up to the roster after a couple of weeks of showing what you can do, and Tommy gets number eight, Beckham gets what he covets, he wants to be part of a winner, and I think the attraction to New England back in 2019 was the presence of Brady. Of course, yeah. Brady's a lot Brady. more, I mean, New England's a lot more attractive with Brady there. The fact that the Buccaneers went straight for Brashad Perriman, I, there's been no reporting that there was any conversation internally, externally, or in any way, shape, or form regarding the possibility of adding Odo Beckham Jr., but it's if there wasn't, or if they just decided, nah, he's not for us. If Tom Brady's like, nah, you know, I've, I've, nah, I'm not going to stand on the table for this guy. It's, it's, it becomes telling, I think. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I still say watch the Saints because they tried to trade for him. Yeah. Watch the, watch the Seahawks because of what Pete Carroll said Monday and because right. of what we'd been hearing. Right. What do you think about your 49ers? Is it is it a lost cause in San Francisco? I don't think it's a lost cause. I mean, I think there's some things to be concerned about, definitely, but I don't think it's a lost cause. I mean, first off, I think when you look at the NFC, you know, again, Atlanta's number the number seven seed at four and four. I mean, the, 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 so, uh, to me, there's still wide open spot there. I don't look at Atlanta as a playoff football team. I got a lot of respect for how they played, and they've gutted out some tough wins, no doubt about that. But I just look at Atlanta, Carolina, Minnesota, Seattle, and then San Francisco, and I still look at it and go, San Francisco's more talented than all those teams that we just mentioned there. You know, San Francisco's got a little bit of that bug right now where they just it's I, you know, I don't want to say it's Kansas City-ish, but they just can't help but to mess up the game themselves. They can't help it. It's every week. You know, that last week, oh, it's George Kittle. He's wide open down the middle. Here we go. He fumbles. They're driving down to score a touchdown. It's 14 to nothing. They throw to a wide open Brandon Ayuk down the middle of the field. He falls on the ground. He gets up at the three-yard line. Somebody hits him. He fumbles. They can't get out of their own way. Uh, I still think, of course, that they're, you know, got a really well-coached offense. So are they in it? Are they in it or not? After five minutes later, are they in it or not? Like with the oh, you're talking about with Odell? I don't know. I'm talking about Odell Beckham. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm well, I, 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 I just I'm, go by the reports. I, I don't just, know. I just didn't throw out what about the 49ers. Let's have a conversation about the 49ers. Well, it was the 49ers. Are they sufficiently in contention to be a viable place for Odell Beckham Jr.? And do you think they want them? I, yes I, no? I would think so. Yes, I would think so. Wow. You know, I don't know right now. I don't know that. Do I know that Kyle Shanahan has made comments to me three years ago that Odell Beckham Jr. is amazing? Yes, he did. But everybody in football would have said that. So, you know, but, but uh, you know, again, I, I don't know. I know everybody thinks I know about San Francisco. People are crazy if you think Kyle Shanahan has told me what they're going to do in an Odell, Odell Beckham situation. But they were one of those teams on that short list that we originally heard about. You know, that, that there was interest there, and I think it does make sense. And, of course, you know, they could probably use another weapon, too, with, you know, their run game maybe not being as dominant as uh, years past. I still think there are times where that KS tattoo throbs like the lightning bolt scar on Harry Potter's. 
before. I'm going to get the damn thing erased. I'm sick of talking. All about I know it. about Harry Potter. <laughs> Let's. I don't bring it up very often. No, I know. You I don't. don't bring it up very often. No, you don't. I don't. I. You know, we've been doing this for four years. At a certain point, the spleen jokes get old. The Kyle Shanahan initial tattoos get old. But you got every once in a while. It's it's it's, it's fun to to listen legal. to listen to the old to the old records. Yeah, that's uh, right. Let's take a break. Mid season awards because it's the middle of the season and uh, you know everybody's going to be giving out awards. So we'll do the same when PFT Live continues right after this. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 